because I stayed in Colorado, I have this incredible community of entrepreneurs. I've started multiple businesses. I have been, been so accepted by the people around me because that they have that thinking. And there's just like this community of all these incredible, creative, curious human beings. And I got to find that. And um, I became a coach because I realized the connection between my health and my mindset. I became a coach because I realized that, you know, some of the things that I, 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 you know, the, the pain that I felt every day for years after that, you know, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Cause I was like, why would that ever happen? Why would someone do that? And I still get emotional about that. Cause I, I'll never understand. Um, but I, and I, the concepts I get, like I get, the fear and I get the emotional shutdown. And I, I learned all of these things because of this one event. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we are back. What's happening, everybody? Hope you guys are having an amazing day today. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Appreciate you guys so much. And if you are a regular listener or if you're brand new and you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you go to Apple and subscribe. That way you stay on top of all the episodes. They come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I want you guys to make sure that you're on top of them. You don't miss them. So subscribing on Apple is all free just means that you'll be notified and automatically download the episode. So, and if you guys get value from this, I really appreciate if you can leave us a review on Apple, tag us in a story on social media, whatever you think you can do that feels right to you. That's going to add value and show that you got something out of this as I love to see how this actually makes impact in your life. So it would be really, really appreciated as always. So my next guest, is a CEO, author, speaker, executive coach, and founder of Black Label Coaching and Impact Founder. She tells the real gritty and unsexy stories of entrepreneurship and fine tunes the minds of the global leaders and entrepreneurs. She's told hundreds of confessional founder stories and deciphered the cause of loneliness and suffering among business owners. Her media company and her award-winning book, Impact Founder, provide an outlet for entrepreneurs to share their hardships and their triumphs. She is a contagious creative and a visionary leader determined to activate people's dreams and help them live a kick-ass life. So I want you guys to welcome this amazing human. Her name is Kristen Darga and we had an incredible conversation. We had chatted a couple times before um, just getting to know each other a little bit because I was really interested. I was connected to her from a, from a past guest and good friend, Samantha Joy which I got a lot of feedback from her episode. And I had talked about how I would like to meet some people who tell stories and, and have been through a lot of different things in the entrepreneurial journey. And that's when Samantha knew that she had to connect me with Kristen. And once I, I talked to Kristen the first couple of times, it was awesome. And I knew that we'd have a great conversation. So she's been through a lot. And as you guys will see in this episode, we, we go deep. She gets into like her own vulnerabilities and what she's been through in her past relationship, but really shaped who she is today in business and life and everything. And she's a true leader and a true innovator in entrepreneurship. And she's, she's done so well for herself. And she really also intrigued me to want to take 
coaching to the next level, which is something that I feel naturally inclined to step into more. As some of you know, I'm doing it very, um, very seldomly these days, but I really want to step into that. And after speaking to amazing people like Kristen, this is making me feel like that's the next move. So I know you guys will get a lot out of this. I know I did. And make sure to check out Kristen, follow her, uh, Impact Founder, and look into her work because she is the real deal. So enjoy the episode. Kristen Darga coming right up. Kristen, what's going on? How are you today? Um, not, <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited that it's Friday, which is not a normal thing for me to <laughs> But these days I'm really looking forward to like not, not like having to do anything. Yeah. I kind of love the weekend. I disappear. I go somewhere without service if I can. And I just get lost. And it's amazing. That's always a good feeling. It's good to unplug. And as yeah. I was saying to you before, I, uh, this is my first recording in the new office, mm-hmm. so I can actually get out of my house instead of working from home. I, I need to like wow. go and just go somewhere else, see if it can improve productivity. So that's uh, so good. Yeah. I, you know, I love offices, but I, but I also really love being able to like roll out of bed and just be ready. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence. Like I think when I had an office, I would go there about three days a week. That was it. Yeah. Just, just like for so that those three days, I'd be really productive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, I enjoy working at home, but I'm one of these people that home becomes too comfortable. Yeah. Work gets mixed into eating, relaxing. And I like, I can obviously record at home and do that. But like, as far as other stuff goes, I find it easier to go somewhere else just to be productive. So totally. here we yeah. are. And I totally like, get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the funny part is I think in general, I'm like a three day productive person. Uh-huh. Like most of my productivity happens during three days of the week. Other than that, it's almost like my energy capacity is used up. Um, I, I think what I like to say is I just pretty much go full on. So when I'm completely, I'm dialed in and focused. I just crank everything out. And otherwise, I what I like to just say I'm in flow. So I think it's like the really nice balance of the masculine and feminine mm. is what I like to think about it as. But, you know, I, there's probably a lot of different uh, opinions on what that would be. But so the feminine is just kind of like in flow. And so typically like Monday, Fridays, I set less work-based appointments. If I'm setting appointments, it's more of like that creative, um, curiosity, that's that flow that, that like, you know, I get up, I do some yoga. It's a very different kind of schedule than Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where it's just grind, grind, grind. Mm. And I found that it's a really great balance for me to have space for that creativity and allow for that flow. Otherwise I'm not really getting the the intuitive hits or the, the, the next steps or the, the nurture I need as I would say as a woman, I'm not saying men don't need that, but as a woman so that I can actually like tap into what would be source. How did you come about figuring out that? The, I burned out. <laughs> yeah. I completely burned out. I think when I built impact founder, mm. I was, you know, it's such a beautiful company in that, um, it's the space for people to feel heard and seen and understood. Um, I have coaching that's a part of it, which is also the same thing. But at that point, I didn't really recognize the balance that I needed in order to 
be able to um, continue showing up as the space for others. And I would just, I would work, you know, all day long. I mean, I would get up and work until I went to bed. Um, I, I'm not much of a weekend worker. I like to create the space for myself to, to enjoy life and like play. Uh, so, you know, even then I would find myself working on the weekend sometimes. And it was just really this commitment that I had to what I wanted to build, um, became my full, uh, life. Um, a couple of years into building that I started to create a separation between myself and what I built, like my company. How did you, so I always find it interesting. It's like, how do you, how do you find out that too much is too much? Like, you know, we burn out, but like, what does that look like? Like, what did that look like for you? Like, what did you think was a productive week before? Like, were you talking like Monday to Friday, 12 hours a day? And where, so you realize that the third, like three days is the sweet spot. And then what else after that? You just realize like, like what happens? Like walk us through a little bit of that because so many people think it's so much better to just go, 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 go all the time. But really you may not be as productive as you could be. You're actually doing yourself a disservice and the people around you. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, I, if I'm really paying attention, I've always been this way. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are this way. It's just that somehow, you know, and I would just say, you know, American society, we can, we can unpack that more um, outside of that. But, you know, it's like this go, go work, work. It's like squeeze the lemon to get all the juice out. I mean, yeah. It's like really um, intrusive on people's freedoms in life. Um, and ironically, you know, work can create freedom and joy in life. So I think I've always been that way. I mean, um, I've definitely worked really hard in the positions that I've had, um, uh, when I've had jobs, um, I've worked very hard on my business. It's not to say I just have this like luxurious life of travel. I, 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 I think to say that when I'm working, I'm super focused and I get so much done. And I, that creates the space for me to take time outside of it. I mean, you know, what did that look like when I was burned out? I just, just depleted, like nothing to give. And, and I built a business where it's all about giving and all about creating space. And I couldn't be the space. I couldn't even be the space for myself. I couldn't be the space for my friends that was like edgy and not loving to them and wouldn't listen. And I, that's the stuff that I, I love to do. That's who I am as a human being. So um, I think when I stopped recognizing myself um, and the things that I loved myself about myself were no longer there, it was hard for me to go enjoy the things that I love, like skiing on the weekends or biking or um, hiking because I was so tired. And, um, and, and, and that was, I think that was, it wasn't like I was in the hospital from burnout. I think it was like a low level depression because I was just so tired all the time. And it's like society rewards you for like, unless you've, you know, burnt, like burnt yourself out to the point of like, yeah, now you've made it. Like <laughs> you're working hard. You burnt out. Yeah. Great job. You know, it's crazy how, how it is like that. Yeah. Hard work is rewarded. Like you must yeah. work hard to get there. And, and whereas I think there's a lot of truth to that. For sure. I agree. Um, a lot of truth to that. I mean, I look at this stage of, of my life and my career, you know, there's, 
there's no question that I worked hard. Um, working smarter is, you know, a really um, great thing to say, um, and it requires resources and the ability to see what it would be like to work smarter. Mm. Um, I personally think people aren't meant to grind for 40 hours. Like, it's an arbitrary number. Like, who even came up with that? Totally. Um, it's like 40 hours of my week I dedicate to a job, but it's like, that's 40 hours a week, every week of my life. And, um, you know, I think at a certain point, it's what, what is, what is, so I got to the point in my business where it was, what do I want my life to look like? And, and I miss myself. Mm. And there was just no line between my, between self and business. When I would go places, it's like, oh, there's your impact founder. And I was like, no, no, I am, I am not impact founder, but it's something that came, you know, through me, I built it. So I started to have to create that separation. Um, and in that, it's like, I started to understand what I needed and what kind of life I wanted to have and um, what my values were. It, it's really like, if I think back to that time, um, it was hard. I mean, I wasn't making the money I wanted to make. I was just trying to trying so hard to get somewhere. It's like, have you ever swims, you know, against a current? I mean, it is hard, hard work. Totally. And I was doing that for years. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. They don't allow themselves to get into the, the zone, the flow state. It's like, it's almost like as soon as you learn to let go a bit is when the magic starts to happen. Sure. Yeah. So that's something that I really love these days is like, um, I always realize the more I let go, the more things come to me, mm. um, which we can talk about with current stuff I, lightly. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> some stuff I'm not ready to share. Yeah, yet. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I think with business owners, one of the most valuable things that I could communicate about creating that separation is um, we become so dedicated to what we believe in and we become so dedicated to having it exist in the world. So whether that's a, a mission-based company or a product you believe in, it doesn't really matter. Right? It's just, we become super committed to that thing being successful and uh, making a difference. Mm. Um, what I built is a very slow climb. It's not a fast you know, you know, everyone thinks like there's some businesses that are really quick. I mean, uh, Black Label, you know, within a year was making more money than Impact Founder ever saw. Yeah. It was just super fast. But realistically, I have built a company over seven years. So Black Label was built over seven years, even though it was a year in. I had the communities listening. I had a reputation. I built, you know companies before that, um, people started to listen to me like the expert. So I think, you know, everything, it, it, even with that one, with this, like the, this very, very rapid growth, um, you know, it, it took time and the slow climb takes energy. It's the difference between a sprint and a marathon. Mm. Most businesses, um, it's a marathon. It's not, a quick sprint and then you're done. It's like when you sprint to launch, then the, the real hard work begins and you think you've already gone through the hard work. You think by developing a product or a service and, and getting it all set up and ready to sell that you've, you've done the work. 
And a lot of times it's like, no, you actually still, this is a marathon. Like you're only in the first mile. You've got 26 to go. Uh, and so creating that separation so you can enjoy what you're doing in life, enjoy what you're doing in your business, create that opportunity for regeneration in yourself so you can keep running that marathon. If you're sprinting, you'll never make it to the 26 miles. Interesting. How did you get into all this stuff? Walk us, take us a little bit back. Let's, we'll come back and we'll discuss all the stuff you're on doing now. But I would love if we could sort of walk us through what it was like for you growing up a little bit. And yeah, how did you even get on this path in the first place? To entrepreneurship? Yeah. Oh, this is cool. I mean, honestly, I, I come from a family of business owners in generations before me. My parents owned a business when I was young, but I don't really know much about that. They were pretty corporate growing up. But when I was really young, I mean, like seven or younger, they had a business. Mm. Uh, my uncle had a business. So my, I think my grandfather so in your, had a restaurant. in your blood. <laughs> What's that? It was in your blood. So it was in my blood. And there's actually a, sign, um, a researcher out of UC Berkeley. Um, his name is Dr. Michael Freeman. He's, I'm partnering with him on some stuff. He's the individual who did, a, who did a research study on entrepreneurs to prove they were quote unquote touched with fire, which meant that they had some sort of pre-existing mental health condition or some, not necessarily like a, a, a diagnosis, but just thought differently. And he's been trying to prove that for years. And he's got some really cool research on it being in your blood um, that he's starting to like really come around with. I don't really know much about it, but... I've always kind of felt that it was innate. Like there was something different about how I thought. And, you know, growing up, I have a really supportive family structure. My parents are supportive of me and what I choose. It took them a while and some points of life to really get that um, the way that I choose to express myself is very different than, than what they would like <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I'm very loved by them. So I think that was really helpful in choosing to pursue entrepreneurship. I, my grandparents raised us to go to school, get a job. Yeah. I tried that numerous times. And a lot of times with the way that I think, um, I'm curious, curiosity and creativity are two of my really big creativity, curiosity, freedom, um, autonomy, those are things that I find have me like in flow the most. Mm. I just will, ideas will come through me. I will just generate like out of the blue something. So with that upbringing, that business, get a job was there. I thought that that was what I had to do. Entrepreneurship didn't even cross my mind. Wasn't even something, having a business wasn't even a career path for me. Not at all. So my first business, I think I started when I was 20, 24-ish. Um, and I was grassroots marketing for small businesses in a small town. Because um, I just really get people. Yeah. And what drives them, and I don't even study marketing, I studied journalism. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it was, I just had this innate knowing that I thought differently. and a lot of jobs didn't really appreciate that. Mm. They, they would tell me to keep my head down and not be curious. Or, I mean, like I had a woman, um, I was a receptionist at the Chamber of Commerce when I was like 22 or something. And um, 
and I think she meant well, according to, you know, what she knew. I was very curious. I would, I would um, work, I would talk with the marketing director and ask her questions. And I would talk to the events coordinator and get curious about what she did and what, what she loved about it. And I just really like, I, I love learning and I wanted to know what I wanted to do. And at that point I wasn't sure. So I remember a review that I had with her and she was like, the only concern that I have or the issue that I have is that you're, you need to focus on your job and not others. And I was like, but am I doing my job poorly? And she was like, no. And I was like, I don't like, I'm never going to stop being curious. And I lasted that. I lasted there for like another month. So, um, there have been times where I've been in a job that I had complete autonomy, was absolutely able to run free and build and create, and I did super well there. So knowing that I need those things was a really long journey. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not in my 30s anymore. Like, I'm 40, so we'll talk about that. But, you know, it's like, crap, that took me a long time to figure out, but I just knew something was different. Yeah, it's... Do you think a lot of people lack that curiosity, like that really learning about industries and people and all this stuff? Like, do you see that as being an issue or is that almost like a prerequisite if you want to do well in entrepreneurship? Like you almost have to be curious, right? You got to be willing to sort of like explore outside the box. I feel like if you don't, it probably isn't a good road for you, right? Or am I wrong with that? There's plenty of business owners who aren't curious. Mm. And I think a, a lot of the fallout we're starting to see, and, and I can only speak to the U.S., I can't speak to other areas of the world, but that we're starting to see is, is the lack of being able to be curious as mm. to how to better serve my clients when I can't be physically open in there. How to pivot my company so that it serves a need instead of a desire um, because at this point we shifted to needs and basic survival. Um, it's restaurants who who see the capacity to to have a grocery inside of the restaurant instead of just food delivery from with you know pre-made meals or with with, um, with deliveries for meals. There's also pre-made meals, so you can cook it yourself. I mean, how can I actually use the foundation that we have, the resources we have, to better serve our community? And that comes from curiosity. Totally. There's business owners. And I think business owners a lot of times are a little bit different than entrepreneur. I think entrepreneur is this, this um, is a very creative, different way of thinking. I think business owner is, I want to have my own business. I want to build something. And a lot of times it's not built out of passion. It's built out of, I know, you know, this is the direction I want to go. Um, I think there's a line that separates that a little bit. Now, business owner and entrepreneur still have a lot of risk. Mm. Whenever you build your own thing, you have risk. You have very little reward. Um, so, so I think that, to me, that curiosity separates entrepreneur from business owner. Yeah, you could probably, I can see it happening as well, like even in my own life. You can get caught in over being over curious and over like the big vision, the big vision is so important, but then sometimes you can get caught up in that and not focus on like the, like the stuff that needs to happen now, like sure. the basic stuff. It's so easy to dream, right? It's so easy to be like, oh, I want to do this and that. And they don't actually take action in the, sh in, in, in the short term on, the, on the, the stuff that needs to get taken action, right? 
Yeah. Well, it's also good to know if you're someone who implements or not. And I, I can, I can, and I have done it. And I found that that actually stops flow for me. So I have to have less of that and more of the other. And so I bring people in to complement that so they can actually implement and I can create the vision and keep creating the vision and keep Mm -hmm. growing the vision and keep partnering and create the strategy. And, and, and it's like, that's really playful for me and curious, but as a solo entrepreneur, that's where I would get stuck Mm. is that I would thrive and get so excited. And then I wouldn't have a solid implementation. Now I would for a long time, but as I've gotten older and sort of realized where my skill sets are, I'm, I'm more concerned about being in that space because I know that's where I serve better. And when I, when I serve, when I'm serving, um, others better in that flow state, my, my company is more successful. Right. So staying in your area of genius, so to speak, like, yes, if you will, Mm -hmm. would you, would you say like that is important rather than trying to learn or be okay at everything rather like be amazing at one thing and then hire, hire around? What would you say? I think a lot of the burnout for me happens by trying to be everything to everyone in every way and do everything. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, of course it's going to take me, look, I can build a website freaking easy. I just go do it. You know, and that's the person I am. I'm like, look, I, uh, I'm like right now in front of me is something my father built. Cool. That lamp over there, I built the lamp over there. I, if I want to do something, I will just go do it. I'll figure it out. This, these, these days, YouTube makes it really great. But yeah. you know, even before that, it was like, I would learn how to build furniture if I wanted to build something for my home that I couldn't find or like the quality just wasn't what I wanted. Um, so, so that's, that's like, that's part of that curiosity. But at a certain point I was like, dude, look, this is the thing. I can build a website. I don't know best practices. I don't know what's trending right now. I don't want to learn that. And, um, I don't, it's not that I don't want to, I don't need to. There are people who, who's, who spend every waking moment thinking about that. Why, why would I be the one to go learn how to do it when they spend every waking moment? Yeah. Unless my curiosity is being satisfied by learning it. It's not worth my, my energy and time. And it's really creating the value on where, I, where my zone of genius is. It's creating value on when I'm in that state, I'm not burning out. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like, like work work as much as it does when you're doing things you don't like. Yeah, look, when I coach people, I come alive. And honestly, yeah. five hours a day is enough. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of coaching. It's a, it's a lot. lot of people, a lot of listening. Yeah. Yeah. No and doubt. remember, it's three days a week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. But, you know, it's like I, I've learned that that does create that state of flow. And then the Monday, Friday that those bookends when I'm not coaching or when I'm not like back-to-back meetings um, also is a different type of state of flow for me. So it allows me to stop and rest and, um, and listen, Um, listen to my knowing, listen to sort of, or maybe just not even think and just let things come to me. Yeah. Because I shift into that feminine and the receiving that is still, I mean, I think about podcasting and I think about the most that I've done in a day, I think is four and I am just burnt out. Right. So for me two, two like one hour calls, maybe some go longer. That's good for me. 
Like otherwise yeah. it's, it's like, wow, you know, my, my brain is just, I love it. I feel amazing after, but I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> I've given yeah, inspired, but exhausted, yeah, but and that's depleted okay. in a good way. Cause it's like, you're just so full and you're just like, I'm just so full by the end of it. I'm like, <clears throat> I just have nothing left to give. Like I'm just like, <laughs> the only times like at five Four is ideal. Five, sometimes I'll start tuning out, which doesn't totally. serve the person I'm talking to. Mm. Um, and I've found that in the past, since March, uh, with COVID and racial, you know, tensions, I guess we'll just call it civil rights movement because that's what it is. Yeah. I found that coaching takes so much more out of me totally. that four isn't even always attainable. It's shifting now. There's less of that survival and stress, although it's still there right now Yeah. with most of my clients. Some who aren't in the U.S. don't have it as much, but my clients in, my US, in the U.S. definitely feel it still. So that means that I need more care, which mm-hmm. means the Monday and Friday start to open up a little bit differently, you know, and, 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 and that's also because I'm going through it just as well as everybody else. And I'm the container for all of their words and thoughts and fears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me to fill up my container, I need to figure out what supports me. Well, let's, let's get into that. Like when you know, <laughs> you know, you got to be there for somebody you you got a big day ahead of you. You know, you know, you gotta, you know, probably have a break in between walk us through like what that looks like to fill your cup so that you're energized, vibing high. And maybe, yeah, like even, even as far as like what coffee and things like that. Cause I know if I overdo it, if I'm burnt out, my adrenals are just, I'm like, I can't do that when I need to have a lot of conversations. You know, what does that look like for you? How do you fill your cup so that you're the best at peak performance? I've learned a lot about what, rebuilds um um i guess the best way to say it is like the oxytocin for women um so that they don't burn out their adrenals so women do it much faster than our bodies aren't um built for achieve achieve task task so our adrenals will burn out faster and um and and that's where we're seeing a lot of thyroid issues in women Mm. So there's a lot of thyroid issues for, for professional women, for women in general, because they just go, 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 go. And then they, they just don't, you know, regenerate. So I, I've done some work on sort of what it's like to, for me, what fuels me the most. Um, it, it's always at least one-on-one time with someone that is a positive uh, energy in my life. And I always bring that into my weekdays and my weekends. Um, I find that right now being with people regenerates me. Typically, uh, being alone would do that for me. But since I work from home alone, I'm often on video calls. It's that personal space. Um, I, I, require, um, I require just human interaction in person. So, so that's part of it. Um, other things are, you know, like taking a bath, going for a walk, um, definitely 
exercise every day, um, but I have to listen to what I need. So some days I definitely need yoga and I don't need to, you know, stress my body out more if I'm already in a state of survival or stress, if you will. Um, you know, listening to uh, my body when it says you need rest, you need to stop. Um, I have found that the weekends right now require more, more time without technology in the present moment playing. So that may be, I, right now it's water. It's, I have to be on water like every weekend. I don't know what's going to happen when it starts getting cold. Um, <laughs> but it's just like paddleboarding and being on water. I mean, just the things that I know that bring me joy. I'm constantly in, including that into my days. I've personally just been through like, like, you know, March 17th, give or take, you know, it's like 98% of my business went away in like four days. So I needed more of the things that would bring that to me and that time. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter to me how much I was working. Um, because I know that if I'm going up against the current, that I'm not getting anywhere. I'm holding on too tight to survival to actually get an idea of what's available to me and what, what is possible. So I started, I started um, working way less and focusing on what I need more. Yeah, I just I think I have a really good knowing of that now. The self-awareness is important. Yeah, it includes like eating well. And yeah, but a lot really of people don't have that though. They don't have the self-awareness. They just kind of go, they, they don't really have the intentions or the intentional life. It's kind of robotic. They kind of just go with how things, like they don't really think about it, right? I'm like, yeah. I think what you said was really interesting and I'm the same. There's times where you need more of something and less of something else. You know, it's like you can't go to the gym and do heavy weights every single day. You can't, and, and I can't go boxing every single day. Well, I can, but like it's maybe not what I need every day, like a yoga or meditation. Like that self-awareness of knowing what your body needs at the time is so important. You know, a lot of people don't, don't know that. How did you figure that out just from, just from trial and error? I think I've always been inclined to um, feeling healthy. Yeah. So, but I, I will say when I had my second business, um, I was talking to a really good friend who also had a business and I was like, how do you do this? Like, are you making money? Like I'm having a really hard time finding clients. I just moved to Denver. What, what, what do you recommend? And she's like, let's just, let's do a cleanse. And I was like, F you, man. Like you're not even listening to me. <laughs> and I mean, I think she just realized that I was like struggle. I was struggling with my own thoughts and feelings. And, you know, I think when you start to recognize the shift that can take place in your body through food and exercise, um, then you're, then, then it's obvious. So instead of me like trying to figure it out and trying to figure it out again, it was stepping back and just taking care of me that allowed things to flow. Um, and that's, I learned that then because she, we did this cleanse and within a couple of weeks, it was like, uh, clients were more readily available. Um, I was more confident. I was happier. And at the point, you know, I, I definitely was trying to, 
established a social circle in Denver. So I would go to the bar to meet people because I was like, where would people go? And then I found myself drinking a little bit more and, and that wasn't helping my mental health. You know, it's like, even now during lessons March, it's like, you know, man, I was just talking to my mom this morning and I have plans tonight with one of my best friends and we'll be doing like a virtual wine tasting at our house on, with people on zoom, which is kind of weird, but also whatever fun. Um, I was like, mom, I think I'm staying there. Cause like if I have two glasses, I'm done. And it's yeah. a 20 minute drive and I don't do that. And she's like, it's cute. You'll have a little sleepover. Like I'm probably going to be drunk. Like it just, I just, my body and my mind and like the, like with all of the energy and all of the crap that's going on, like I can't process alcohol the same way. Yeah. There's like, just, you know, when I did that, when I did this cleanse, I just, I started to listen to what I felt. And all of a sudden I just felt so much better. I felt stronger. I felt more confident. I was like, just it, it, things were easier. Mm. And that yeah. was probably a really clear lesson to me. Now I think I'd probably experienced it in the past because I've always been inclined toward, you know, eating different ways and listening to like how my body feels. But that was a big lesson for sure. Yeah. It's alcohol is a funny, funny thing. You know, it's, I went off it for a year and it completely changed my life. But at the same time, I like to be able to have it for that social aspect you know, yeah. and have that balance. Cause it, it can be, it can be good, but there's that fine line, right. Where you can lose control very easily. And if you don't have sure. that awareness, like I go back and forth all the time, it's so easy to go back and to start drinking. And at the moment it feels right, but then really it's doing you a disservice, you know, like the next day yeah. it's a little slower, just not as feeling as good. And I don't know, it's, I guess it's finding the balance if you can. And you know, I always try and figure that out, but I've, I've always struggled with that and in, in finding that balance, you know? I also find that my, where my mental health is at the moment, like, am I happy? Am I sad? Am I stressed? Mm. Um, and if I'm going to have drinks when I'm stressed, I wake up hungover. <laughs> yeah. Because emotionally, I'm already exhausted and depleted. If totally. I'm going out to drinks and I'm happy, I'm less likely to be hungover. Now, sometimes I may drink a little bit more, which would create the hangover, but I actually, I find that most of it is your well-being and how it's interacting with the alcohol. Mm, that's so true. Um, why you're drinking. And yeah. Is it to celebrate or is it to like medicate? That's a totally different thing. Yeah. And when you medicate and you're going out, medic you wake up and that thing is still there and then you feel pretty crappy because you just drank a lot, of, a lot of alcohol and your body yeah. is inflamed. And it's like, I'm inflamed and I'm angry at you. And then, and then you're, you're sad at the same time. And, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. Like, you know, I mean, there's times where I'm just like, I've had a day and I go meet up with a friend for a drink and I feel really like impacted by the, the drink right away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think I, everyone has this, like, this, like knowing, um, yeah, we all know better. We all know better, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's the intuition. It's like listening oh, to your body. And I would say that that's a very feminine um, aspect. That it's, it's in the feminine, not the masculine necessarily, mm -hmm. but we all have the feminine masculine. And, you know, it's like tapping into that knowing of what your body needs in that moment and giving that to yourself and making sure that you have that. Because if you don't have that, especially as a founder, as an entrepreneur, if you don't have that, you definitely, you definitely are at risk of burning out. 
Yeah. I mean, that knowing is, is the thing that, well, I think is one of the sources of success. And there are highly successful, successful people who don't have the knowing, but all that stuff eventually creates disease, creates, you know, um, pain points in your life. Right. You can only muscle through so long. Totally. So you have talked to a lot of people about kind of like the unsexy stories of entrepreneurship, like the mm -hmm. grit that, you know, cause a lot of people don't see that stuff. And I'm curious about yours. I know you said you went through burnout, but like, what do you, what do you look at in, in the past that you've gone through as like, do you have a struggle or something that you went through that had, that you look back that had the most impact on your life today? Like, is there that one thing that was really like, wow, that, that really shaped me. And you kind of use that as almost like something that you teach in coaching to, to, to help people with. Is there anything like that for you? Yeah. Um, personally or professionally, but either one. Well, I mean, both or yeah, yeah whatever one. Um, I think there's a couple of things. And the first, the first one I would say is that like, I think that, that like that, that pain that I felt trying to figure out job versus what I didn't know for entrepreneurship was a long journey for me and being accepted with the way that I thought and, and like the, the how process actually restricted my creativity and curiosity. It, knowing that was, has been sort of a, you know, a, a lifelong um, discovery for me that, 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 finding out what really drives me um, has made a huge difference in my happiness. Mm. Uh, that's a very simple, but long, long journey. Um, something that really changed my life that I think is one of the more vulnerable things for me to share. Um, I, I um, was in a relationship with my, my best friend, I've known him since college. Um, we were together for a pretty short time, but we'd, we'd known each other for 10 years. We dated twice pretty early on. We knew that we wanted to get married and, um, this was always a, a topic that he would bring up. It was, you know, something that I wanted, but it, it was never something that, um, I didn't have resistance to it, but I also wasn't forcing it. Right. And, um, let's see. I always think about how I want to share this. And, you know, that was, that was the plan. And a, a couple weeks after, you know, we had, we had made decisions to get married. Um, he just disappeared. He lived in a different state than I did. And so I lived in New York city. He lived in Michigan in a very small town. Um, and, and um, he just stopped talking to me. And I think that moment defined me in a lot of ways. It was probably the hardest thing that I'd been through. It was someone that I trusted like family. Um, I mean, not only did I love him, but he was my friend, I, my best friend since college, one of my like, closest people. I, did, I didn't talk to him for about, I think that was about nine months. He just left and for nine months. You didn't talk to him just out of nowhere. He didn't, he didn't take my calls. He wouldn't answer what? my texts. He didn't. Oh and, he, and he lived in a different state. So when I think of what's really shaped me and my life, I looked at that as that sort of curiosity again. Now, whether or not I looked at it from a place of it'll fix me and heal me, I don't think it really matters. Um, I was still living in New York. It was like April, 
I hadn't heard from him since December. I mean, it's like before Christmas, like he just disappeared. I, I was having wine with a girlfriend and I was like, I mean, if I'm not getting married, what, what would I want to do? Like, you know, if I'm not going to marry this, this person that I love, what, what else could I do? Um, and it was that curiosity again. Mm. And so I think if I think of life, I think one of my values is curiosity. It's because it's changed how maybe I would approach things. And he and I had this list of places we wanted to, we were like thinking about moving to and, and living. And so I took all of the crappy ones off the list that weren't my idea. Um, and then, and then <laughs> they probably weren't crappy, but, um, and then I expanded it to places that I really found interesting and that I'd never been to. And I, and I traveled the country. Um, I took my job remote. I ended up losing my job almost immediately within a month when I was like caring for my mom after she had surgery. And then I, and then I drove up to see him, kind of said my piece and I traveled the country. Um, I kind of got stuck in Colorado to where I am now because I tore my ACL. Hmm. And when I talk about knowing and listening, I, I, it's like, I didn't really want to leave Colorado, but it's only because of the skiing. I didn't really know why I didn't want to leave Colorado. But um, because I stayed in Colorado, I have this incredible community of entrepreneurs. I've started multiple businesses. I have been, been so accepted by the people around me because they, they have that thinking. And there's just like this community of all these incredible, creative, curious human beings. And I got to find that. And um, I became a coach because... I realized the connection between my health and my mindset. I became a coach because I realized that, you know, some of the things that I, 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 you know, the, the pain that I felt every day for years after that, you know, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Cause I was like, why would that ever happen? Why would someone do that? And I still get emotional about that. Cause I, I'll never understand. Um, but I, and I, the concepts I get, like I get, the fear and I get the emotional shutdown. And I, I learned all of these things because of this one event, because I threw myself into understanding myself, understanding my pain, um, forgiving him, you know, for being human and not knowing how to end something with someone that I know he cared about me. You know, I know we loved each other being happy for him and like him finding love after the fact or finding out that he found love when we were together and not hating him for falling for somebody else. All of those aspects of that experience, um, they, they completely changed who I, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the life I have. I wouldn't live in Colorado the way that I do. I wouldn't um, have the peace that I've found for myself and, um, and I still have stuff that comes up, you know, like trust can be really tough for me in relationships. No doubt. Like the second someone doesn't communicate for like maybe a day, I start to relive a trauma. Well, yeah, I mean. So, so there's still curiosity there. Like what is that and what, what can I do about that? And so, you know, I have tools and resources and hire the right people and keep unpacking and learning and Gosh, I mean, I would have had a really good life with him because I think he's an amazing human being and I think he has some serious emotional problems. Um, <laughs> however, or inability to connect with and be vulnerable and, and mm. you know, be honest that way emotionally. But I'm, I'm thankful for it. Um, and, I, and I don't think I, any of this would exist without him having done that. 
And I'm thankful he had a knowing that I didn't have and he listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Like that's, that's, it's incredible. And I'm just trying to process it myself, like put myself in those shoes and to be able to see it like that is, is when the healing begins is when, you know, you, you look at it as almost like a gift as hard as it is. But still, though, that's that's real life trauma, right? Like, I mean, that's. I don't know if there's many people out in the world that, I think ninety nine point nine percent of people that would mess them up for a while and not, <laughs> and they would be the victim of that for a long. And time. I was, and I really was, and which is which is completely justified. I mean, that to feel that and to put yourself in that, absolutely. You have to be at some point for a little bit. You have to be like, like, what is actually like, why would this happen? Like, how did you even unpack that? I mean, I don't want to like go too deep with you because it's probably still really challenging. But like, like, how do you even begin? How do you even begin? uh, Like, what was going through your mind? Like, how does somebody just stop talking to somebody? Like, I don't understand how, like, it's like, it's just such a, it's brutal. Like how, how do you even begin? Cause I'm just like impressed that you're even to like be able to take that and, and realize how important it is. But how did you even start to process that? I mean, if I think back to that time, you know, it was like December, I think sometime between December 5th and December or in Christmas of 2011. So it's been a while. And I, I couldn't eat. I'm like, I couldn't function. I think of myself then and that makes me like, that hurts to think like how I couldn't function. Like I was completely, I would go to work. I would look at myself in the morning. I would like cry. I couldn't even look at myself for a long time. It was like, I was concerned about him. Um, because that's, that's, that would, I was afraid that he was hurting and, and I loved him. And, you know, I think part of my way of dealing with it was realizing I was living in Brooklyn, New York, and God, I loved living there. It was so awesome. It was a great city. And Brooklyn, that little pocket of Brooklyn, like, was a family, and, and people were so good to each other. And you just, I don't even have that in Denver in my neighborhood. Like, my neighborhood was tight, mm. and I knew all of my neighbors, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them were my yeah. friends. And... um I just couldn't heal. I couldn't heal the pace, the job. I was ready to move and like we were going to move. So I'd already had it in my mind that I was leaving the city. And at a certain point, it was just like, I couldn't move forward. I like, I couldn't continue moving and living in the day-to-day life that I was living. I, it just, it wasn't serving me anymore. And I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to stop being upset. I didn't know how to start forgiving him. I didn't really want to forgive him. I hated him. At a certain point, I, you know, I sat up, then I was just angry at him for a long time. <laughs> and uh, no kidding. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And, you know, and, and I, and I, I made the road trip plan and it was a great way for me to escape the day to day that was the same, even though my life wasn't. And whereas it didn't heal me, which I think a lot of people look for travel to heal them, it didn't heal me, but it made me be alone a lot and it made me face myself a lot. And it made me be okay with who I was. Um, and two years in, you know, it was like therapy and all that. 
um, I was still in a lot of, I still had a lot of resentment for him. And sometimes I still resent him. I resent him and I don't even know him. I think it's a selfish a-hole <laughs> for doing that, but, yeah. but it's not me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not also not taking any responsibility for the a-hole I was that created like, you know, dissonance in our relationship. I was really upset when I, I, I lived there a little bit with him and I moved back to New York and I was like really upset with the distance and I just really wanted to be together and I was willing to move. Um, and, and, and just, you know, it was like, you, you, there's that knowing that I, something wasn't right. And instead of like knowing that something was right and having the conversation, it was like, it was like, I was nasty. So there's responsibility there to take that, you know, I, I was part of pushing him away. And now I can't take responsibility for his lack of emotional connection and ability to communicate, but I can take responsibility for not being the space for him to share and not being safe potentially for him to say what he needed to say. So yeah. I mean, traveling the country really helped me get out of this day-to-day doldrums. Um, and, I, and I think travel is beautiful. And I think alone travel, when you're really going through something like that, will make you listen to yourself. And it'll be hard, and but it'll be joyful. And it'll be probably one of the most beautiful journeys you have. Like, to this day, there's something just about the North Country and people from the North that, like, just is, like, so comforting to my soul. Um, and a lot of that was from my travel. You know, I would spend a lot of time up near Vancouver and in Seattle and in Portland. And it was, that was like common. It was like, felt so good to be there. And, you know, and, and, and a couple years out when I was still resenting him and I had become a coach, like I was in training to be a coach. I, I realized that like, if I was going to be a coach, I should probably have some sort of coaching program or be coached outside of my training program. And I did the landmark forum in 2015 and I think in that program, I was able to create a logical separation between the things that had happened that occurred, like the actions he took and what happened, and then all of the meaning. I made it meaning I would never be in a relationship and loved again. I meant it like I wasn't worthy of it. I and that shit will make me cry still. <laughs> and like and it because it that's something that I truly believed about myself. I made it believe, I made it mean that like, I would never have children. I made it mean that, and like, if you have those thoughts and you carry those thoughts forward, that's what you take into relationships. And so for all that it happened and all that it, it was that, uh, it, it, that was terrible about it, it, all of these things that I carried into potentially even that relationship, it was there on the other side, but stronger so I could finally see them. Mm. Uh, and that was how I healed from it. And like, look, I'm still, there's still moments, you know, I, if I'm entering into a relationship with someone, I say, this is the thing. This happened to me. And sometimes I may act a little irrational <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm working on it and I don't want to act that way. But like, this was a big trauma for me. And, and so like communication is super important. And it's not because I'm trying to track you, like go be free. That doesn't bother me live somewhere. It doesn't bother me. It's the, it's that I make it mean that that person will never come back. So I communicate that and I like, I'm working on it. I mean, that's all you can do. And some people don't like it. Some people, you know, make it an issue and other people are like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry that happened and I'll do my best. You know, <laughs> it's, 
it's incredible. But you know what, what I really, really find interesting is that you are a coach and there's a lot of coaches who coach that haven't been through anything like, and that is like real life shit that if you can get through that, you can literally get through anything. And I don't know about you, but if I was learning from a coach like yourself and you told me that and to see what you were able to get through, like that would make me trust what you're saying because you've actually proven it in your life. It's not just like a bunch of stuff, a bunch of like reciting whatever you've learned. You're like <laughs> showing what you've actually, you've, you've done in your own life because that shit is very hard to get through. Like I can't even imagine. I would have lost my absolute, I would have lost my marbles. Like you're, I think I did for a while. Like I think we all would have. I think it's safe to say everybody listening on here, you're with somebody and they leave and they don't, they don't communicate. Like I would lose it. And, but wow, what a, if you really want to look at it from an empowered way, like what a lesson, like what it's going to teach you, like literally every single thing, highlight every single weakness in your body, in your mindset and challenge you to have to face those things. Yeah. Like it is literally every piece of our being that is challenged. And wow, I'm just so impressed. Like that's, how can I not be thankful for that? Right. Exactly. Like, like, wow. I mean, here I am. Like, I definitely wouldn't say thank you. Like the same way. I, like I'd probably be like that really hurt yeah. if I saw him and like, we have pieces of communication over the years, but we don't, we're not in communication really. I don't even know how it even be possible to forgive. Oh, I mean, you have to forgiveness is like, the, the, when you really me, healed, but I for, don't forgive him. Ah, and I, I carry it around. I don't think I don't think he should. I mean, that's <laughs> wow, man. I just it just like fires me up because <laughs> I know it's okay. It's <laughs> this is <me> off. <laughs> like, just have a heart. Like, have a heart. You know, he's selfish. Because I know that he has a heart. Yeah, I, I know who he is as a human being. Yeah, and I just know that he didn't yeah. have the ability to be able to say the hard things. Yeah. I'm like, wow, how awesome is it that I'm not married to him? Yeah. Well, and how awesome is it that you can see what he had? You see the gift, like you see the love that he has, like you see the good in him, which is what is so important in life. You have to, right? Like he didn't do that on purpose. He's obviously hurt. He obviously has his own shit, right? And the fact that you can see that is just like so important. Look, I mean, I thought he was the love of my life. When yeah. I met him, I was like, I, we're getting married one day. So, like, I can't hate him. I have, like, forgiveness for the fact that, like, there was just something that happened that no matter what, he felt that the best way to handle it was that way. Mm. And whether it's his fears, his inability, whatever it is, like, to hate him would cause me more pain than to totally. love. Totally. The hate that I feel or the anger that I feel, it caused way more pain than knowing who he is. Like, yeah. don't ask the people around me to feel that way because they don't like at all. It's, like, my family does not like him. Well, it's like you... <laughs> you know, drinking poison and expecting to kill him, him to die. You know, it's like, it's one of those things. It's like holding on, holding on to something. And really you're the one that's feeling it. They have no feeling for what you're feeling. Right. And it's like, it's a, it's feeling, a hard realization. 
but I just mean like what you're emotionally feeling. Like, you know, when we hold grudges for people or like, it's like they may be feeling something, but they're looking at life through a different lens too. So it's like our pain is never going to be as felt the way we do. Maybe he's hurting more in a different way. Like probably, right? Probably. Yeah. Clearly he is. Yeah. He's not self-expressed. He's not able to say no and, and create, you know, like open communication with someone he loved Yeah. for whatever reason. And it could have been me. Probably deep rooted as well. It's probably Sure. I mean, but we all have these things, right? And it's like, I'm really clear that like communication is so important to me. And if it's not there, we are not going to talk. I'm not going to be there Mm. because I will not put myself in that situation again. So that's a little bit of learning through trauma. So there's other ways to address it. Anyway, at the end of the day, I mean, I think, um, that, that was just a life changing experience. (laughs) It it changed how I interact with men for the, for the worse, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and I've learned a lot about who men are and, and they're like, what, like, you know, men provide that's really, um, beautiful in relationships. So, so at first it, it was the cause and effect was negative. And then it caused me to, try to understand more so that I could be, um, um, so I could be in relationship with the man in the way I wanted. Um, not in the way that my programming said. So whatever I was with him is not who I am now in a relationship. So, you know, and on the bright side, um, I've learned a lot about a relationship with men and women and, and, and on, on the other side of it is it's, it, you know, it, it took me years to be able to enter in a relationship and trust in that way. And there's been a lot of things that have happened. I mean, yeah. you know, um, part of my building impact founder was from a relationship that was not healthy. I mean, it's like, I was, you know, yeah, I mean, whatever. I still wouldn't have the, 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 the company if, if I didn't have that relationship. So yeah. uh, the beauty in all of this is just looking to be able to see, you know, what's available to, learn or to build. And I don't really mean it in the cliche way because it was just way more painful not to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I like to, I'm just curious Mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship and business, like how did that, how did that affect you when like just even like meeting people and partnerships and like were you jaded like i ain't trusting anybody like you know like what how did that affect you in the positive and the negative on your entrepreneurial journey well i moved to denver and i found a lot of people who are like me yeah they got me i got them they become my best friends and my family um it didn't really have an, I don't trust people thing. It oh, has a, I don't trust men in a relationship, <laughs> which mm. is not fun. <laughs> not that's good. You could distinguish the two though, because sometimes people yeah. be like, well, I don't trust anybody anymore. That's it. Right. Yeah. Look, I, I can't say at what level that would maybe creep in. Yeah. <laughs> I still sure. have the, uh, the champagne cork does not pop into the contract assigned. But that is learned business. It's like, do not spend the money until it's in your bank. Um, you know, it's like, you just learn that. It's because like, you know, and it's like, yeah, I could just take a leap, but I've taken a lot of leaps. And I think, you know, for me, it's like the champagne cork pops. 
it's when the contract signed. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, that, that has something to do with, you know, being left by my, my best friend and my partner. Um, that has to do with, you know, well, if there's no money to spend, don't spend it. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, in entrepreneurship, it's more positive than negative. I, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this. And, and certainly, um, have lived in Denver in the way that I did and connected with the people I knew. I mean, when I ended up in Vail, I stayed like three months instead of one. It was like a one month, one month plan travel in all these different places across the U.S. Um, and I got to Colorado and um, I was like, well, you know, it just started snowing. Like, why would I leave? <laughs> I was freelancing and collecting unemployment. It was like a really weird time for me. I was like, you know, shit. I mean, I might as well, there's one other time in life. Am I just going to be in Vail, Colorado when I have not much else to do? So I got like 80 days of skiing in and, and then I started a business. I, and then I tore my ACL, which is why I live here. Mm. And you know, it's like, I started this business and I heard about this thing through a guy I met at the pool up in Beaver Creek. You know, he's like, hey, you might think this is cool since you have your own business. Come check it out. It's in Denver next week. It's a free event. And I did. And I was like, oh, you I like came back to Vail and I was like sharing with people. I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. There's like 10,000 people that were there and they're all entrepreneurs. And like, and like, you know, they were like, cool. They didn't really get it because that wasn't their people. And it's like, wow, I, you know, I wouldn't have had any of that happen. So how did it change it? I mean, I think it actually made me like really see what was important to me and go do it. Yeah. And stop like living the living in the city, which I love, but taking the job because it was safe and it was a great job and I loved it and appreciative of it. And I I excelled in it. But you know, it wasn't like, you know, mm. my full expression. It was just something I was really good at. So yeah, it's uh wow. wow. <laughs> you're good at you're good at this <laughs> questions it's not I, I it's not common that i open up about that but i will i um i'm vulnerability is important i'm just blown away i'm just like wow i like we had talked uh, i think we talked a couple times before and we didn't even talk about that and i'm just like to be able to share that just shows so much empowerment and just so important and i just i respect you so much for that you know look i mean coaching I mean, as cliche as it sounds, like the access to separating my emotional, my, my emotional from my logical allowed me to step out of the victim. Mm. Um, by doing that, it's changed my life in a lot of ways, like the scarcity ways that I think or thought um, that's just not allowed in my life anymore. And sometimes it comes up and I'm like, you know, I, I actually want this right now and I'm going to choose it, but it's not choosing it out of fear. It's choosing it out of like, what can this create for me? What is available through this? What is the opportunity here? Um, and, and even in the last like four months, we've talked about this a little bit, like there's just been a lot of changes for me and the direction I'm going and what I'm doing. And, and, and at the foundation of that, it's what's available to me. What am I creating? Um, what does it look like to do this? Is this in my best interest? Is it, is it operating just out of fear and scarcity or is it a combination of like, what am I committed to? Um, and I, and I think if I hadn't gone through all of that, if, 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 if he and I had gotten married, this wouldn't even be how I think. 
Um, and like, that's just like, you know, like it's good crazy. riddance and thank you. You know, it's like, yeah, it's crazy to think about, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so cool. And like, yeah. I have this business where I tell these entrepreneur stories and, and, and not all of them are vulnerable, but some of them are very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm like the space for that. And, and, and I've always been that, like I, when I lived in New York city, there is a time I was like at a friend's, um, a friend's band was playing and the place wasn't really open. It was either set up or take down. I don't remember that, but there's a homeless man that came in and he like sat on my lap and I was like really uncomfortable with it. But, but if you look at what that is, it's just like this, I created this space for someone to exist in my space. Um, I, I don't think I would want that again. It was very smelly, I think. So I wasn't into that. But if I look at that, there's like something about my being that allows for that to exist. And I wouldn't have built any of this. And, you know, God, like the conversation about mental health and entrepreneurship right now is so important. And it's like, that's not going to go away. And, and over five years, I've built the listening in a community um, seven technically, cause I had a business before that, that rolled into, but whatever. Um, I built a listening in the community and, and now for the first time ever, I'm feeling very acknowledged through the opportunities that have come freely in my direction through what I've built. They're just flowing to me. And it's an acknowledgement of like, the hard work and the burnout, the losing myself to find myself, the, um, the fact that like, you know, I, I like this happened and like, I'm grateful that I didn't marry my, you know, what I thought was my soulmate. Yeah. Um, so I think when all of these really crappy things happen, we have a choice to, we don't know that we have the choice, but we have the choice to choose um, to be and live and always operate as a victim of our circumstances. Yeah. And we have a choice and we can learn that choice because it's not always innate to be curious and see possibility. And it took me years to do that. It's not like an automatic thing. And it's a continual journey of life. There's not a finish line. Like, you know, it's like, it's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for asking well, that. Yeah. I not see that coming. Mr. Me neither. I'm oh. glad. Yes. <laughs> I did not see that. Uh, so if, if people want to learn more about you and find out about you, where can we check you out and what are you working on right now that's exciting that people can look forward to? Oh man. There's like a lot of things that I can't talk about right now. Okay. Um, they're just That's not good though. That's secretive. You gotta be. Yeah. Honest. I mean, but it's really cool and it's going to serve entrepreneurs in a really beautiful, like very well thought out way. And so I'm creating some partnerships. So keep a lookout for that. I have a, you know, website impactfounder.com is there for, you know, founders to sort of sign up to be in the loop about what we're building. And like on social media, it's impact founder everywhere. It's very simple. I did it for a reason. There's no dashes. There's no anything. It's just at Impact Founder. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we share stories. We do seasonal podcasts, very different than what you do. Um, we're, you know, we're developing about three different seasons right now. 
Um, so anywhere from COVID stuff to, you know, potential veteran stories, just really interesting stories about different entrepreneurs and their perspectives on, you know, challenges and how they get through them. Um, we are, we are partnering with some really, really cool, um, opportunities for entrepreneurs to have support. So anywhere from, we have coaches available, so you can hire our coaches to looking at more of the mental health perspective, because we're not experts in the mental health space, um, according to our, you know, certification and, and legal legalities, if you will. Um, but we, but we, but we really want to be able to have resources for entrepreneurs that are effective. And, um, I'm partnering with Dr. Uh, Michael Freeman, who was the source of the study that my company was able to stand on with mm. statistics about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs and depression. So um, you can follow us at all those places and just keep a keep an eye out. Uh, there's some really cool things happening over the next six months with that. Um, I'm hoping to write a book. I already have it underway. So. Um, it's most likely on the topic we discussed a lot today, um, mm -hmm. curiosity. Um, so, you know, that won't be in the next six months, but, <laughs> but that's upcoming. That's something I'm building out. Um, you know, things are happening really fast and really slow right now. Yeah. So it, it, the, the things that are happening slow, um, have more resistance and the things that are happening fast are the flow. And so I just keep, focusing on true north and um and things just keep coming my way which is really beautiful so um i also have awesome. a book by the way i think I, so i think you'll link to the book yeah um, we'll have so everything wanna, in the show notes yeah if you want like the physical like book copy of short stories of entrepreneurs there's about 60 stories that we have in a book that i published a couple of years ago too cool that's awesome i'm thinking of doing something like that as well university of adversity i love that idea i love that you you know like it's so interesting hearing people's stories like i'm fascinated like it's like it's crazy it's like how much people go through in life and just keep on going like it's just amazing the human condition i mean look. it's just amazing have you ever seen outlander i have been told to watch this but i haven't watched it <laughs> I was, I'm obsessed with that show. Not only is it like really sexy because it yeah. is really sexy. I heard. Very sexy romance and love and connection, which is like, oh, so good. Um, but also it's like all about survival and, and, and it's, it's cool to see like the adversity that people go through. And, and as the human race, you know, adversity is, is it, you know, creates survival and we are designed to survive. And the, the interesting about, thing about a time like right now is we are designed to survive and, and use our mechanisms for survival, but we have never, this generation has not had to survive something like this. Now, mm. older generations have survived things that have been challenging and tough. Wars, you know, some in, depending upon where we are in the world, yeah. survival is very, very necessary. But in, in countries like the US and Canada, I mean, like, Come on, like survival is as class is class based in that sense, and um, and and it's interesting to see how people's survival is kicking in. So that show is just like mm. all of I mean it's it's 
It's like almost ridiculous. Oh. It's like watching the Titanic every time you watch. Like really? it's like it's like seasons of the Titanic. I have to watch because I like I don't know what it is. I turned it on. I was like I don't know about this. Me too. But, but Game of Thrones took me like three different times before I got into it. I was like, you watched like three episodes. Yeah, I was like, this is bullshit. This show. I was like, why do people like this? And I finally, someone's like, look, you got to watch at least three. I said, all right, I'm gonna watch these. And then all of a sudden, I was like, ah, I get it. Okay, I'm hooked. I get it. <laughs> and it's like kind of cool, this thing, because yeah. I am like yeah. super obsessed with like the masculine and feminine and yeah. relationship. And it's like so sexy and, yeah. and really interesting. And it's very like outdated. So anyway, it's- We'll definitely it's, check it out. If, if speaking we, of survival. <laughs> if we could have, so normally my last question is always, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? But I think, I think you touched on it. But I mean, let's, let's really tie it into, yeah, I mean, how is it taught? Yeah. What, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you as far as like in, in, in life in general? And maybe let's focus on entrepreneurs because obviously, you know, in relationships and that you, you went in heavily, but like, how has all like that really impacted your life? And what is, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? What you do in one place is what you do everywhere. So yeah. whether it's relationship or work, it's a similar approach for me. So, you know, I, I think adversity, gosh, it's like everything I've covered. But yeah. in a sense, adversity has just taught me more about me. I mean, it's like understanding how I respond to pain, suffering, loss, um, you know, uh, lack of resources, and, and it's like the first thing that I always know is that like, I'm going to have to be emotional about it. I'm going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to cry. I'm going to have to yell. If I have a punching bag, punch it, you know, like whatever it is that I need to do, get it out. Like just get it out. Um, and, and usually um, I move pretty quickly through things. And so then it's like, then I start getting curious about it. And so it's back to that curiosity for me. It's like adversity has taught me that um, I can't hold on to something because holding on to it just like continues the pain, but I have to feel it. Mm. Um, with what happened with my ex, it was two years. With what happened with my business in March, it's been four and a half months of in and out of feeling it, but it's also feeling it and then creating possibility, feeling it and then being curious, feeling it and then sitting with it and, and ignoring it and going to play and like listening to the messages that come. So it's just like allowing allowing yourself to not resist it. So when you yeah. resist adversity, you're, all you're going to get is more and more and more and more pain. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you got to take it, you got to feel it and allow it to process. Right. Yeah, totally. That was a great answer. Sorry. It took me 10 minutes to get it out properly. The question <laughs> okay. I was like, I was like, I should have just asked the question instead of, <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens, right? Now you're thinking if it still fit and it yeah. totally fits. Yeah. And I really appreciate this. It was uh, different than I thought. And I expected nothing less than, you know, engaging questions from you. So thank you for like, creating that. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. This is awesome. And I'm sure we're going to have many more conversations. Um, yeah. Like I, I never have set questions. I always just roll with uh, how we go because I feel having too many set questions for me is just, there's not enough flow. It's not enough, uh, just natural conversation, you know? And I think 
man, what we covered today was just incredible. So thank you for sharing your story. And I'm sure every time you tell it, you probably heal a little bit more as well. I know I do when I share mine. I'm just like, wow, you know, that feels, it feels good. It's, you feel a little pain, but it's also like someone's going to hear that and be blown away. You know, you're going to change someone's life by telling them that. And I mean, that's why we do what we do, right? Like, it's absolutely amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Make sure to check out Kristen. All the information is in the show notes for you. And as always, please hit that subscribe button on Apple. It's all free. You stay on top of the episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you guys can, please leave us a review. It's always greatly appreciated. Much love, everybody. Catch you next time.